sheets here and we just went over these last night. We, yeah. I decided to do a yard sale before Matt had asked us to. So I've been busy all week with junk.
I tell you what, that last song, I felt like doing that Chuck Berry duck walk across the street. That was, tell you what, if that don't get your fire burning, your wood soaking wet, it's the only Amen. thing I can tell you. Because that had nothing but good stuff. We are so happy to have everybody here in the house of God this morning. I was wanting to speak something that was nice, warm, and made everybody feel like an embraced teddy bear, but, uh, but as usual, but as usual <laughs> it's going to be hellfire and brimstone, people. <laughs> no, uh, I'll tell you what, it's just, um, it's like so many people have said, uh, 2020 has been a weird year. Amen. Amen. It just, and, and so many things that have transpired uh, since January 1 of 2020. It's just amazing how fast the, the weirdness has spread. Uh, we, right now you see all these debates and signs. You've got Trump on one side. You've got Biden and Harris on the other side. It's not a political party issue. If you think it's just a political party issue, you don't understand what's at stake. It's a matter of what's right against what's wrong. It's a matter of spiritual righteousness and unrighteousness. It's a matter of light. And it's a matter of darkness. Forget, a, forget all about the denominational names. That don't matter. Let me put this succinctly to you so that we can uh, have some concept of the depth of what's going on, the spiritual warfare. Jesus is the way, the truth, and what? The life. Jesus is all, all that is positive. 
He, he came to give life, not to take it away. He stopped the widow of Nain, and her son was in a, a funeral bar, and she, he stopped and raised him. He raised Lazarus, John chapter 11, from the, day, from the dead. Jesus is life. But I watched on the news so many women marching in different cities yesterday wanting abortion. Could you look Jesus in the eye and say, Lord, we, we want to kill some unborn babies. You on our side? What do you think? What would be the answer to that? Absolutely not. He's a giver of life, not killers. Now, let me, let me say this. Let me specify this. I know there's ladies here uh, who have uh, had an abortion in the past. And, and let me address that real quick. So many times I feel like those who have had an abortion are victims because they believe the lies that they were told that this would solve their problems, that this would uh, alleviate the inconvenience that a birth would cause, or this wasn't the good time to, to have a child. So therefore, they were a victim of the lying abortion factory. And the wonderful thing is God forgives all sins. If, if we'll just ask, he'll forget all sins. Let me tell you, who was it? Somebody was telling me the other day that, uh, somebody was telling me the other day that, uh, they, somebody was, was telling them that, well, this sin is, is, will keep you out of heaven, but this sin isn't so bad. I said, no, wait a minute. Do what? He said, oh, yeah, this preacher said, this is a sin that will keep you out of heaven, but this sin is just one that's bad, but it won't keep you out of heaven. I said, that's Catholicism. There's moral sin and there's venial sin. So what they're doing is embrace, they claim to be a Protestant, they're embracing Catholicism that divides sin. All sin is missing the mark. It don't matter how deep it is. It don't matter how close it is. Once you cross the line into sin, all sin is that which is missing the mark in the sight of God. Amen? Amen. So we can't say, well, this sin's worse than that sin. But praise God, he says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now I say this to say that uh, that's just one of the platforms of darkness that they espouse is death. There is the side of darkness that is now perpetuating in every TV show you see, every commercial you see, is trying to make normal same-sex relationships. There's nothing normal about that. God did not create male and female to have an adoration such as that. And I've counseled probably more people who battle with homosexuality. I know most ministers in this area. And it's been my experience that most of them do not want to feel that way. That most of them uh, wish they had different inclinations. And it's a real battle for them. But just because you're tempted to do something doesn't make it right. And so our prayers go out to, to folks who are battling that situation, but to try to normalize and say it's perfectly all right, it's love, that's not the way the Lord does things. This nation was founded upon Judeo-Christian principles, and it, it, it believes uh, in uh, God being the ultimate answer. We have certain inalienable rights. That means rights given to us by God. But there are people on the left who wants to make the government the one who would give us our rights. We have things given to us by God. Amen. Freedom. 
the pursuit of seeking the Lord. That's why socialism has to diminish and hopefully on their side stop Christianity because Christianity and Judaism teaches inalienable rights given by God. They want to be the God. It's called humanistic existentialism. Man's fullest potential is God. They want to erase the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob out of our Declaration of Independence and our Constitution. They want to propagate socialism and Marxism, which is ultimately nothing but communism. So I, I spell out these things to demonstrate to you those things which are biblical and those things which are unbiblical. It has nothing to do with titles or denominations or distinctives. It has to do with everything with what is biblical and what is unbiblical. You see, I believe that the Bible is the inspired, inerrant, infallible Word of God. God's Word tells us all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction and righteousness, that the man of God may be perfectly, perfectly furnished to all good works. I believe that Bible. I noticed there is a, uh, one of the politicians uh, on the left is running for uh, senator in Kentucky, and she says, I take this American flag patch and I take these scriptures with me wherever I go. I say, if you take those scriptures with you, are they just like a good luck charm? Is that what you think they are? Or is it indicative that you believe the Word of God? And if you believe the Word of God, how dare you be in an organization that kills, steals, and destroys? Now, anytime you think I'm wrong, <coughs> you go home and pray about it because I'm right. <laughs> Call it like it is, Reed. I'm just telling you how I feel about it. And because it's a biblical thing. He said, everything we know about the Lord, everything we know about salvation comes from the Bible. You can't cherry pick what you want to believe. If you doubt in any part, you can't believe the whole. I want you to turn, if you will, to Daniel chapter 12. Matt, watch the time for me. You know how I am. Yes, sir. Daniel chapter 12. I'll tell you, the book of Daniel is a fascinating book. In chapter 9 of Daniel, we see where Daniel writes about the 70 weeks. Anybody ever heard about that? Didn't you teach on the 70 weeks of Daniel not long ago, Matt? I don't think so. No? Okay. Daniel prophesied that it demonstrating the end of time, there is 70 weeks. Now, what he means, you got to realize in Hebrew, that's Daniel chapter 12, I want you to look at I'm telling you about Daniel 9, okay? In Daniel 9, where he talks about the 70 weeks, a week means seven years. This is a Hebrew way of talking. It doesn't mean seven days. It means a seven-year period. And we see that right away, Daniel talks about there's going to be 70 weeks. This is when Daniel was in captivity. That there were 70 weeks. It's divided, the 70 weeks is divided up into three sections. The first seven weeks. Adds up to 49 years, 7 times 7, 49. And it's talking about from the time that it goes back to Nehemiah. Nehemiah gave the edict that Jerusalem was to be rebuilt. Israel was in captivity in Babylon. And the first seven years, it would take 49 years 
to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. When it started, when the edict went out to rebuild Jerusalem, I want you the, the prophetic clock started ticking. And right away, God set the clock in order. 49 years and then 62 weeks later, that is the time when you add that up, it comes to 69 weeks. The 69 weeks adds up to the time. And here's how the Hebrews look at that. 360 days per year, the Hebrew calendar. And at the full 69 weeks of seven, that was the exact time that Jesus Christ died. The clock stopped. This is from Daniel. Never take my word for anything. Check it out. The first seven weeks, 49 years to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Then the 62 weeks, that adds up to a 69 weeks total, goes right on. God is with Israel because it went back, they're rebuilt, they're reestablished up until the time of Messiah who was crucified. When you read in Daniel 9, it says when, when he that was to come, the Messiah was cut off. That's when he died. The clock stopped. There's one more week. One more seven-year period that makes it a total of 70 weeks. That's when the clock starts again. You know what I think? I believe, and not just myself, I was privileged in college to, to study eschatology under Dr. Gary Cohen, one of the most preeminent uh, teachers on eschatology. He wrote the book, Revelation Visualized. Brilliant, brilliant man. He was a fulfilled Jew. And uh, that last seven, or that last seven years, or that last week, is the beginning of what is known as the tribulation period. Look here in Daniel chapter 12, starting with the first verse. And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince, which standeth for the children of thy people. Now look at the last part of this verse. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation even to that same time. And at that time, Thy people shall be delivered, everyone that shall be found written in the book. Now, there's what's called pre-trib. That's a belief, and we see in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 what's called the rapture. I've had people tell me, said, the word rapture is not in the Bible. And I said, no, neither is air conditioning. The word is in Latin where it says in 1 Thessalonians 4, caught up. The Latin word is rapturo, so that's where we get the word rapture. So it is in the Bible, it's just in Latin. In 1 Thessalonians 4, God's word tells that we shall be caught up in the air. To, and we will not prevent them which are asleep. In other words, those who have died, we will be caught up with the saints who have died. And we'll all be caught up together to join the Lord in the air. Now, there, there's pre-trib. And most people I've studied under are pre-trib. In other words... The rapture happens before the seven-year period of tribulation starts. In fact, you can, you can even see that in this verse here, the very first verse. People shall be delivered, everyone that should be found written in the book. In other words, the Lamb's book of life. I can see that. But when I look at in Matthew chapter, Matthew chapter 24 and 25 deals with last day's event. Jesus is describing it. And I can see a mid trib rapture. In other words, three and a half years into the tribulation period. 
So I don't mean to sound wishy-washy. I can see scriptural substantiation for either one. A pre-trib or a mid-trib rapture where we, the children of God, will be caught up and taken home before the evil that can break forth can be as ultimately as evil as impossible. Let me tell you something. The seed of evil, the seeds of wrong, will be well going on before the rapture. Here's what's going to happen at the rapture, whether you believe in a pre-trib or mid-trib. When the church is raptured, caught up, and taken out, the Holy Spirit will be removed also. Now, with the Holy Spirit being removed during the tribulation, you think mankind is evil now? The Holy Spirit in the world constrains men from being as evil as it could possibly be. But yeah, you think it's bad now? When we're raptured out and the Holy Spirit is removed from the earth, His constraining grace, you're going to, there'll be evil like you can't imagine. But the seeds of that evil will be going on and planted before that tribulation period, I believe. I believe, and you may disagree with me, as I have spelled out to you this morning what's going on right now. In fact, Look over here, if you will, at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Before I get into that. Look over here at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. It's over in the New Testament. 2 Thessalonians, you'll find us right after 1 Thessalonians. <laughs> 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, starting with the first verse. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto him, that you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, as from us, as that day of Christ is at hand. And he's going to, he's going to give you a description of what's going on before that day the rapture comes. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Let me tell you something. It says before he comes, there's going to be a fall away. In other words, Christians leaving the church, the church dying. Do you realize there are 75 to 150 Christian churches in the United States that close every week right now? There's more and more, we can blame it on the virus and everything else, more and more Christians who are staying at home. God's word tells in Hebrews 10, not forsake yourself from assembling together and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So much the more as you see the day approaching. What's that day? The day of rapture. The day of the beginning of the tribulation period. God's word says right that before he comes, there's going to be a falling away. Are we seeing it right now? You better believe it. Verse 4. Who opposeth and exalts himself above all that is called God, or that is worship, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. I got to throw this out. I was so proud of our president this past week. I don't know where he was speaking at. But he said, somebody came up to him and said, you're the most famous man in the world. He said, no, I'm not. He said, oh, no, no. I said, you're, you're the most famous man in the world. He said, oh, no, not even close. He said, Jesus Christ is the most famous person. He said, I'm not even close. Anybody else get to hear him say that? It's amazing. I thought, praise God. He, he, he knows who to give glory to. He knows who sits in, at the right hand of the Father in heaven. 
He knows who is the author and finisher of our faith. He knows who is all-powerful, all-knowing, and ever-present, the sovereign Lord God Almighty. I was so proud to hear him say that. You will not hear that by humanists. In fact, they will disavow religion, period. Verse 5, remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things, and now you know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in this time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. That's what I'm telling you. It's already going on. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders, with all the deceivableness of unrighteous and them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause God shall send them strong delusions that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. I tell you what, if you don't think this world is saturated with unrighteousness now, you've got your head stuck in the sand. Our children, every, you, you can't read or hear anything anymore. I guess so aggravated, Landis and I were watching TV last night. And uh, just the commercials, commercials, same-sex relationships and everything. It's like I said last Sunday. I, I don't give a flip-flop what you do behind doors. If it's wrong, you're, I'm not the God squad. But don't put it, portray it before my family and say this is normal. Don't try to pass off something as normal. That is ungodly. And beyond natural affection, as God's word says. You can follow up that more of that in 2 Corinthians 6, where he talks about the effeminate and the same sex. Back over here in Daniel, chapter 2, I mean chapter 12 of Daniel, verse 2. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Now, I like what W.A. Griswell said in, in his commentary about that verse. He said, I don't believe that means a literal body coming awake at this time. He said, I think that means that they become awake. You know, we hear so much now in this new generation about the woke generation. Well, this is the real woke generation. These are ones who have woke up and realized they need a savior. This is the woke generation that realized that God is a sovereign Lord God. And these are those who wake up because they've been in a a non-spiritual non funk and realize that they need a savior. Verse three, and they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. You see, we're called to be a witness. 2 Corinthians 5 says we're to be ambassadors for Christ. You're not put here just to find your own pleasure. We have a work to do. We, we're all called to be ambassadors for Christ. We're all to be a witness for the Lord. In fact, just alongside a companion verse that would go well with that third verse is Proverbs 11.30. They that win souls are wise. It says here those who work to, and let me tell you, it's not preachers. It's not, not 
not preachers, is, I, I believe it's not being spoken here. It's talking to everybody whose name is written on the Lamb's Book of Life is to be a witness. You've heard the expression is so true that sometimes the only Bible anybody reads is your life. They watch and they listen. I tell you, this... I know most of you here probably do the Facebook thing. I don't. My son has told me that I'd be put in jail if I did. <laughs> but I tell you what, I think that has messed so many families up and relationships and you can shake a stick in it. Amen? Amen. If you don't believe it, y'all sit in my seat as a counselor and see how many people, male and female, have looked up old flames and what that has led to. Verse 4 of Daniel chapter 12. But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. That goes back to 2 Timothy chapter 3, where God's word tells us, it gives us clear indications of what signs will be in the last days. And it even tells us there that there'll be those who will ever be seeking for knowledge, but not able to come to the truth. We have... I, I, I use uh, the internet to get information, to get uh, uh, to text, to uh, get my email. That's it. That's all I fool with. But it is amazing. I'll be talking or something, and I'll see Linda over there on her phone. She thinks I don't know what she's doing. She's typing in to come up with the answer before I get to it. Huh? Sometimes. Sometimes? <laughs> By the way, you forgot Amazon. I forgot Amazon. Yeah, you look up Amazon. Now that's just getting personal. That's just personal. How many of you here use Amazon? I do too. It's like all you have to do is push a button. And it's yours. How many like me when you're depressed, you'll serve Amazon? Like, yeah, Jerry! <laughs> God help us, please. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just telling you what it is. <laughs> Verse 5. Then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, there stood other two, the one on this side of the bank and on the river, and the other on that side of the bank of the river. And one said to the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, How long shall it be to that end of these wonders? God is revealing all these things, last day's events, to Daniel. And he sees a vision of one man standing on one side of the river and another man in linen, white linen standing on the other side. And he's hearing these things and one man hollers at the other and says, how long, what will the signs be that these things are about to happen? You see the same thing in Matthew 24 in the Olivet Discourse. Jesus Christ himself said, nobody knows the day or the hours, no, not even the angels in heaven but to be ready. He said, when you see these signs happening, and you see the same thing in Luke 21, when you see these signs coming about, be ready, look up, because your redemption draweth nigh. He says, you look at the fig tree, and you can tell right away when you start to see the sprouts, you know it before long, it'll start having figs on it. He said, like manner, when you see these signs, the signs we're seeing right now all around us, be ready. Be ready. Verse 7. 
And I heard the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, when he held up his right hand and his left hand into heaven, and swear by him that liveth forever, that it shall be for a time, times, and a half. Time, times, and a half. That's three and a half years. See, this is where I could see the pre-trib could be at the beginning, or it could be in the middle of the tribulation period, which is three and a half years. Time, times, and a half. But whatever it is, you will know it before we start to enter into it. And I think we're seeing those seeds now. And if you can't see it, if you can't see what's going on, don't blame it on Democrat. Don't blame it on Republican. You better stand back and look at the world through biblical glasses and see just how horribly wicked people's choices and, 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 and what they desire in politics. I think so many people are just ignorant to what socialism is. It has never worked. It has never worked. It must attack Christianity. Marx and Engels said, religion is the opiate of the people. It has to go. And yet we have those on the left who are even advocating themselves as socialists. They want to take away from those who have worked hard and give to those who wouldn't strike at a snake. And they feel like they deserve it. They want to take the things you have worked for. You see, it absolutely amazes me how our nation can hear these things, see these things, and still want that which is on the left. Let me tell you something. It goes back to 2 Corinthians 4, 4. The God of this world has blinded their minds lest they should see. You'd think a rational person would see what's going on. You think somebody who just had common sense would say, okay, I, this, this fellow's going to raise my taxes. They're going to advocate abortion. They're going to bring in socialism. They're going to take away our jobs and say, that's who I want. That's who I'm voting for. It makes you want to look at him and say, are you crazy? Who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. You see, that's the difference. That's the difference. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, that's the difference. If you're a saved and born again, you have the indwelling Holy Spirit which will guide you. If you don't have the indwelling Holy Spirit to guide you, then you are looking at the world and making decisions by your own intellect. And there is a way that seems right unto man. But the end thereof is what? The way of death. Verse 8 of Daniel 12. And I heard, but I understood not. Then said I, O my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? And he said, Go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed until the time of the end. Many shall be purified and made white and tried, but the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. This is very important. You see, this is during the tribulation period, and it turns right around and says there'll be many who will be wise and be arrayed in white raiment. Sounds like a contradiction. Let me explain it to you. 
when the rapture comes and we're taken out of this world, there'll be those in the world who will make excuses. It must have been something to deal with that COVID virus. They just poof, disappeared. It must be some kind of radioactive sunspot that just removes certain people. They'll have every kind of excuse in the world where so many people disappeared to. There used to be a picture where it showed the airline pilot who was raptured out in a plane full of people going down. It's going to be interesting. In fact, if you don't believe me, look at Matthew 24 again. He said there'll be two walking together. One will be taken, the other left behind. There'll be two sleeping together. One will be taken, the other left behind. During the time of the rapture, and if you believe in a pre-trib, that's when the world would be as evil as it possibly could be. There'll be a few who will see that and realize, I remember I heard a preacher. I remember what my mama said about Jesus. I need Jesus. There'll be those during the tribulation who will be saved and will be saved at the cost of their life. They will be martyred for their belief in Jesus Christ. They'll be saved during the tribulation period, but it will be at the cost of their life. So that's what that's talking about during, during that time. Verse 11. And from the time that the daily sacrifice shall be taken away, and the abomination that make a deathless set up, there shall be a thousand two hundred and ninety days. In other words, three and a half years. You see, Israel, everything that you're seeing going on is a spiritual thing. God's word says when you see the attack on Israel. Let me explain something to you people. Was it last year? President Trump did something that all the other presidents promised they would do and never did. Remember what it was? He brought the capital of Israel back to Jerusalem. They said it would never be. He brought it back. They fought him over it. They did everything in the world. He brought it back. And here's what's going to happen. How much time have we got? One minute. <laughs> you better count again. Look over here. Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 38. Real quick. I want to describe this to you. Ezekiel chapter 38, starting with the first verse. Ezekiel 38, starting with verse 1. And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, set thy face against Gog, the land of Magog, and the chief prince of Meshech, and Tubal, and the prophecy against him. Do you know who that is? Hey, it's clear as it could be. It's Russia. Gog is Russia. In fact, the name Meshach, or Magog rather, is the old word for Moscow. Tubal is the old word for Tobolsk in, in Russia. You've got it written right here. And say, thus saith the Lord God, behold, I'm against thee, O God, the chief prince of Meshach and Tobal, and I will turn thee back and put hooks in thy jaws, and I will bring thee forth and all thine army, horses and horsemen, all of them clothed with all sorts of armor, even great company with bucklers and shields, of all them with handling swords, Persia, Ethiopia, and Libya with them, all them which uh, with the shield and the helmet, Gomer and all the bands of which is Turkey, and the house of Togomah and the north quarters, and all the bands of many people with thee. Be thou prepared and prepare for thyself, thou and all thy company that are assembled unto thee, and be thou a guard unto them. Here is Israel about the size of a postage stamp, and here is Gog and Magog, Russia. Here is China. Iran, 
Egypt, all these enemies surrounding this little post-stamp-sized country, they've never been able to take it. If you don't believe in nothing else, look at that if you don't think God's hands on them. But God's word says, watch. Be listened to the news, what China's doing. Did you hear this past week? They are telling their soldiers to be prepared for war. Making, I'm not making that up. Telling the soldiers in the Chinese armor to be prepared for war. Not for a defensive measure, but for attack. We see that Russia is doing everything it can covertly and openly to try to attack the things of Israel and those who want to defend. They're working in league with Iran, which has sworn that they will annihilate Israel. You see, that's in God's word, people. Everything we've looked at this morning in Ezekiel 38, we've looked in, in uh, Matthew chapter 24 and 25, we've, we've looked here in Daniel from chapter 9 to chapter 12. We looked at so many verses. And if you can read that and not look down the world what's going on right now, if I were you, I'd go back and do my spiritual pulse. Because it could be that the God of this world has blinded you and caused you not to be able to see. Just like this shirt says in Second Chronicles, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways and pray, then will I hear from heaven and heal their land. Amen? Amen. Let's stand if you would, please. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come into your holy presence. We thank you for this day that we can still assemble here in the house of God. We thank you for your holy, inspired, inerrant, infallible word from Genesis to Revelation. I pray, Father God, that your word has gone out and accomplished all that you send it forth to do. I pray, Father God, if anyone here today does not know you as the Lord and the Savior of their life, that they'll pray this prayer I'm about to pray. Dear Jesus, Forgive me of all my sins. Come into my heart and save me. I receive you as my Lord and my God and my personal Savior. Holy Spirit, please fill me to overflowing. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer this morning, come up here to the front of the church and let us, let us pray with you. Just as I am. None of us deserve any of God's blessings. Nobody. There's none righteous, no, not one. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's the beautiful thing about grace. Now, I love my little puppy dog. And I've had some wonderful little puppy dogs. And uh, that's the quintessential definition of unconditional love. 
you can holler at them, you can be mean, you can say, don't bother me, and they'll still come back and lick your hand and love you. God loves us even when we're unlovable. Nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Appreciate you being here today. Tonight at 6 o'clock, it's 6 o'clock, 6 o'clock, uh, Matt will be here preaching the evening service, and Brother Ron Thompson is going to be bringing the music tonight, and we're excited about that. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come into your holy presence. We thank you for this day, for your blessings, for the love of God that shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Please keep us from going out and coming in and bring us back safely at the point of time. These things we ask and pray in Jesus' name. And all of God's children said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.